Every day I'm hustling, 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 hustling. Every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling, every day I'm hustling. Welcome to a Cigar Hustlers podcast, where we take a closer look at the people of the cigar industry. This week, episode 33, we have David Bealey from Nat Sherman Cigars. Take another drink. Take another drink, because I already started it now. Because why not? Why not? At least we don't have to talk about what we did. What are you talking about? We already talked about that the other day. We haven't done anything new. I got a couple things to talk about. Oh, look at you. You haven't lived life since our last taping of Saturday? No. Nothing. Nothing's happened Nothing, to me Just since laid Saturday. on the ground for... Just lay, for, laid on the what, ground and watch TV. What, it's Wednesday. It's Wednesday. That's four days. Nothing happens in four days in my world. I'm sorry to hear that. Okay, ready? One, two, three, go. Hi, I'm Mike. And I'm Mike, too. And this is... Cigar Hustlers Podcast. We should really change that. Really well, that. you know, you come up with a better idea and we'll do it. All right. So, fuck it, egg. All right. Um, Introduce our guest. Where do you want to start that right now? Oh, unless you got something else you want to talk about. So what have you been doing in the last four days, Michael? Nothing, really. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. We have Mr. David Mealy from Nat Sherman with us. Say hi, David. Hey, everybody. How you doing? So before we get into that, I do want to talk to you about one thing that kind of pisses me off. Something I did? But maybe it should be an advice from a hustler thing. No, it's not long enough. Okay. So, um... You watch you watch NBC shows or anything like that? Um, yeah. So I watched uh, Shades of Blue. You ever watch that one? Yes. With Ray Liotta and J-Lo? Yes, yes. I'm not watching the new season, but yes, I have watched it before. So there's this scene in last week's episode where they sit down with this fucking guy, and he offers cigars. Right? Got gotcha, I'm following you. So they cover the bands... I'm not sure what the one that with their, he was... With their hands or... Yeah, yeah. Well, oh, at least so he hands... But you can still tell what it looks like. It looks like Alec Bradley Mundial to... Uh, I was going to say, I can it to really I'm like, that was kind of easy. Right. The other one, I think if I took the time on uh, to like really focus on it, right. I'd figure it out. But like, here's my, here's my fucking issue. Okay. The guy picks up the cigar, which was clearly a piece of shit cigar. And he says, cigar, maybe. and he said, no, it was a real one. It no. was definitely a real one. And he says, uh, you know, this is one of my favorite cigars from the same, all grown from the same farm. You know, some fucking bullshit spiel. I'm like, <laughs> no, not even a real farm. I'm like, can you at least, if you're if you're gonna give that much effort into, like, if that's gonna be a focal point, can we at least make something sound relatively? Correct. How much trouble would it have been to actually look up the name of a farm that they could eat? I mean, you could have just said, you know, I don't fucking know. Any Spanish name would work. Spanish-sounding name. I mean, not even the whole farm thing. Just like a specific amount of age. I mean, or, you know, this is a Habano seed. Just Uh, something. something, Instead of the bullshit that he kind of... I was like, man, you guys just totally fucked this fucking show. Thank God it's over. It's got one one episode left. One episode left? Did, Did they... No, never. I don't want to ruin the show. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, because I'm not watching the new season at all. It looks like now they have kidnapped the guy that was stalking J Lo and mm. the uh, the Fed that was uh, had a thing for her. And last season I watched, he had a hooker dress up like her, and he called her J Lo. I think that yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, some of that comes into play, but he's never held hostage. That, oh, they didn't grab him. I thought I saw him grab him. Have you seen the show Billions? I love Billions. You watch that show? Billions. They filmed that in the, in the townhouse a couple of times. Yes. The funk. 
downstairs. Which is another thing that was fucking stupid. <laughs> the funk? What the hell is this guy talking about? I like, I you know, in, in Billions, the guy says, I like his, uh, Paul Giamatti's father says, I like to keep my cigars at a higher level of humidity for the funk. Which is fucking stupid. So he likes the plume to show up on it? Plume? Mold? What, what's the funk? What the funk is he referring to? I don't fucking know what he's talking about. <laughs> That's the thing. That's it's like, new lingo. It's new know, cigar it's lingo. It's just like, I mean, and you're in the Nat Sherman fucking store. Right, so somebody in Manhattan. Manhattan, right? In yeah, Manhattan. Yeah. So could it's, have a technical advisor. I mean, like, hey, help us with these three fucking sentences for for a show that has probably the best dialogue of all shows right now on television. I would say, for sure, for sure, because I love that show. It's a good show. Mm-hmm. Dollar Bill's my my dude. I like that guy. So, give me some crackling. I think it might just be in the headphones. So, hi, David. How you guys doing? Good, good. Man. good. good. Thanks for coming in today. So, Absolutely. I'm going to tell you a little bit about um, what our podcast is about. It's more about the people of the cigar industry than it is cigars in general, right? Um, we kind of want to know what you did beforehand and how you found your way into the industry. So, um, yeah, that's kind of where that's kind of the jump off. So, what did you do before you got into the cigars? So, my sales background comes from the golf industry. Okay. Uh, I was a sales rep for Callaway Golf. Um, Top Flight Hogan for uh, about seven years total uh, down here in Florida on the uh, West Coast from Naples all the way up to Gainesville here or there um, the golf in the middle of the golf boom really prior to uh, the internet and things like that right when salesmen were uh, were important if you will it's 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 changed quite a bit the internet's changed that quite a bit and and actually golf companies themselves have changed it quite a bit yeah they come out with new products every three to six months it used to be once a year we had a big trade show here in orlando january all the new stuff came out trickled out over the course of the year but you saw everything then now what you see new in january is old come june wow yeah it's just it's changed so much it's how fast can they get something new out on tour get guys talking about it playing it and how do you look at as a at a guy who owns a shop and say hey pro i need you to buy six of this right well, I and he knows exactly. Well, I'll give you two more of those at free. You can net them down. Okay, now I got seven of that old piece of shit to sell, yeah. and you want me to sell six that you're telling me is better than this, right? right. And it's a hundred dollars more. So that that's changed a lot, um, and guys know that. Guys, meaning the golfers, know that that's going to change. So I'm just going to wait six months, and I'm going to get that thing for two hundred bucks cheaper, right? And oh, trade in yeah, whatever. So it's it, it's really really changed that industry. Um, when I was with Callaway, we had 120 reps across the whole country. They got about sixty now doing the same thing. That's because no oh, shit. It's wow. just changed so much. It's it, the industry's changed a lot. Would you say that some of that's a, a very similar in the cigar industry? Is the what's new concept constantly rushed on a quarterly basis? Not with every company, obviously, but yeah. I mean, it's it it's very similar. I mean, I, I, this coming over here, you know, going on three years now. Um, it's a very very different industry, but to that to what you're talking about, absolutely. I mean, you can get online every day and see something. Is new. new. It really, you know, what's this is new. This is new, and we obviously coming out of the trade show a month ago, and that's all about new, 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 and it's it amazes me exactly. Like right. how can some how can someone at a retail shop keep up? You can't. Right. You, can't. you cannot you can't keep, keep up. up. Um, so that's where you know my belief. You know, as we get into a little bit more, is more. It's a relationship based business, or it, it need. 
I feel it be. should be. I met with you guys the very first time, and I, you know, my goal was to kind of change that a little bit. Let's make it a relationship-based business. Not right. here's what I have. Here's what you need to have to do business with me. No, I'm. Right. I want to, you want to do business with me because of this, you know, this, that, and the other thing. But what's best for your business? Not what's best for Nat Sherman says. Hey, these are the best-selling things, and you need to carry all this. Right. Yeah. I'm not, that's that's not how I doesn't work. Have done it from day one. Even with Callaway, you know, a lot of people would say Callaway, Taylor made some of these guys. It's like milk in a grocery store. You got to carry it. Right. Well, that's to an extent. I may have to carry one or two. But if we have a great relationship, yeah, I'm going to stock a lot more of that. You're going to come here. You're going to spend time with my guy. You're going to be on my driving range. Do whatever. But don't come in and say, oh, it's Callaway. It's it's Odyssey. You need to have 22-ball putters. Right. I'll have 10, and when I get low, I'll order more. But I'm not – so, you know, just trying to make it more of a relationship-based business. And I think that, you know, from our company aspect, being a family-owned company for so long, for 87 years, um, that was – you know, that that's what made it such a good fit for me and an attraction to me. Right. I was getting into the industry. So um, so what made you jump into the cigar industry? Um, well, I just, you know, a change more than anything else. I, you know, I was looking for a job once they, once they changed that and changed our, the way we were paid as sales reps and stuff like that. And uh, it just, it just became more, much more uh, corporate driven right. than it was before. Um and I'd always smoke cigars on the golf course. Uh, I was, you know, I, I knew enough to be dangerous, but not nearly as much as I know right. now and I'll years. know tomorrow. It's it's really different. I didn't know much more than a wrapper binder filler and then and that was about it. And right. I, you know, what I what I smoked myself. I um so I saw this opportunity, to be honest with you, looking and under golf. It, this actual opportunity came up listed under golf a uh, golf. And I no saw shit. this and I talked to my wife and she was like, David, this is perfect for you. You know, and so so I went after it at that point. It took a, it was a process. Um, there had never been a rep in the state of Florida for Nat Sherman. Right. Um, there was only a couple reps at the time. We've continued to grow and grow and grow. But um, once I did a little research on who they were, I didn't know much about them either. I knew you know some of the common brands again right. as a as a casual smoker, not a guy that went in and hung out at cigar shops. Even I would go in and buy my stuff from cigar shops. Um, I had a couple places in Tampa where I live. You know I'd go to Edwards um, and buy some stuff from there in Tampa Humidor, Cigar Castle, places like that, and we'd just go take them to the golf course and go play golf and right. do it that way. Occasionally at the house when my buddies were over. Um, once I learned a little bit more about this company and really got to know guys like Ike and Michael. I was like, this this is a this would be a really really good fit, and then you know the timing just worked out. And they were looking to add, you know, at that time, and that was November, October, November of uh, about three years ago. Well, Fifteen. I gotta say this about Nat Sherman. Um, you know, it's kind of common in this industry. I mean, I guess not common, but more often than not, the um, reps tend to kind of be churned. Right, you you don't last long six months maybe a year and then gone for some fucking reason some reason or another whether your numbers are aren't what they're looking for or anything like that but you've already been with the company for three years you know it's over the hump so yeah yeah so you know that's obviously not the design of of what nat sherman does which i think is admirable you know yeah they uh you know the the office themselves the average tenure in the office is like 20 some years it's really insane the uh the uh our accountant uh accounts payable department she just retired after like 27 years uh she went as far i mean she would be the one that answered to 
to Nat back in the day when he when he was living in Miami. He'd pick up a phone and he'd say, "What were the numbers at the townhouse and this and that?" And um, Ursula was her name, and she she was she was the contact. So so the tenure with the company is very very long. Um, the Salesforce side of it is young in the aspect that we just really started it eight eight years ago. Right. Um, you know when Michael came over from Davidoff and and added a you know sales rep here and there and stuff like that and. I was number four, and now we're up to nine. Um, so we're we're growing, we're growing that aspect, and I think uh, it has a lot to say for, like you said, for the company itself, how yeah. they take care of their people and what we're doing. So who the fuck is David Lafferty as far as Nat Sherman's concerned? What's his uh, what's his role? He is the executive director of sales, I believe, is the official title. That is a very bougie title. <laughs> so I know I told you this story, but I want to get it on tape too. So tape. <laughs> On record, yeah, get it on record. So um, somebody actually asked me last week if we record on tape. On tape, yes. Yeah, no, we get the whole get the reel, the reel running over here, yeah. and cut and paste <laughs> the little pieces together, right? Yeah, yep. Excellent. That's, That's all we could afford. Low budget show. So my man David Lafferty has has met me, uh, like I said, probably five or six times at this point, and it took him like the sixth time to eventually remember my face right which is pretty fucking funny the same funny. story about quite a few people yeah I'm just I'm insignificant is what that it one is, is? Yeah. maybe you just have one of those faces yeah nobody really cares you change your hair often but it's just that's not true that's yeah. an outright lie no no because in my little time hop thing on my Facebook you always have different hair uh, maybe I was going through a couple phases I guess <laughs> yeah the beard the long hair the man bun but fucking so what's really funny to me about David not knowing that is like I think the first time I had a conversation with him we were down in um, uh, Serious Cigars was having their event like their major fest and he was with the um, Ron does this thing where there's a dinner Right for all the reps and manufacturers, they all go to his house. And David Lafferty's talking about Bill Clinton, right? And the fact that Bill will remember everybody's name and information, you know, like he remembered David from one time to the other, you know. And then I'm like, so over a span of like two years, I'm like this fucking guy doesn't even remember the fuck <laughs> I, don't know I who am. You are at all. Which is fucking hilarious. Not that I'm anybody significant, but it should be like at least oh, at least like deal. a. Hey, what's up, man? Like, you know, yeah, I, I, I kind I, of I, know I've met you. you right. but I'm sorry, I don't remember your yeah, name. Yeah, I don't know who. I'm David Lafferty. Right, exactly. Right. But it was just more like a. Hmm. Well, maybe he's not good with names. I'm terrible with names. I'll remember somebody's face, but no names. That's what I love about the trade shows. Like, got a name tag on, yes. so you can kind of like take Fake a peek it, right. and you say, "Hey, Mike, how you doing?" Yeah, but the fucked up part is there's only it's only on one side. So, and yeah, for whatever true. reason, where, this <laughs> year, turned. whenever it ran, like there was a Zycar ad on the other side, and all I could see was Zycar. Oh, all the photos, everybody like, is that yeah, I ripped my Zycar thing off just so in one I, side. I was no. like, son of a bitch. I was like, hey, Zycar. <laughs> you know, you work for Zycar too. I'm supposed wow. to remember your name. What's up, Zycar? Are you the president of Zycar? Well, yes, I am. Thank you. <laughs> um, all right. So obviously, I mean, is that it? Like you did seven years of golf, and then I played golf prior to that. I was a I was a PJ professional prior to that. Okay, actually, um, in Ohio, I moved down to Florida about 15 years ago. Um, so I was in the golf business pretty much my whole life. Um, you know, I started out picking range balls to to play golf for free um worked my way up through the pga program but the fact of the matter is is obviously golf is uh, very seasonal up there um so i would winter down here a little bit for around that pga show time and i i visited different areas i visited you know everywhere from you know 
Boca, Orlando, Fort Lauderdale, Miami, all of it. And I, when I found Tampa, I was like, if I'm going to move, make this move, Tampa's the place. I just, I liked Tampa. Um, it didn't seem as touristy, obviously. Um, still some transplants, but a lot of, you know, born and bred Floridians, if you will. So I fell in love with Tampa, and uh, I decided to make that move. Uh, came down then at that time doing basically what they call tech rep, and it's basically working on the driving range with a manufacturer trying to sell their clubs at, at demo days, events, club, more oh, okay. pro shops, or. Yeah. Uh, country clubs and stuff like that with the intentions of you know be get, getting into the sales position so i i got one of those relatively quickly in november of that year i moved down here um in january that company was bought by callaway was acquired of course i'm thinking i'm the new guy first in first out you right, know type right. deal uh last in first out but uh, i was able to uh, i was putting up some good numbers and i was able to stay on board change my territory a little bit so golf has been you know the, been the priority or been my number one thing um I do have a somewhat of a celebratory uh, story. I did in that meantime. I had started a product. I think we had talked about this. That was we were on the show Shark Tank, mm-hmm. um, oh, that's which right. was yeah, a yeah. great uh, a great experience. I, I took a food product that uh, we actually got an offer. Was you know on, I didn't take the offer. A little bit you know, backstory about that. You uh, about. 60% of those deals you see close on that program don't actually close when everybody does their due diligence. But for mine at that time, it's just none of those people really had any connections in the food industry. And mine was a food product. So on TV, it looks like a rah-rah thing. But in the end, I didn't take the money. Um, I landed up landing Publix at that time, which for those who are familiar, that's the big dog down here, big one of the top five grocers mm-hmm. in the country. Great subs. And, uh, great subs. Chicken so what they wanted chicken. to, uh, what they were willing to offer me um, for a piece of my business um, was pretty much covered by that first order. So it didn't make any sense. So I grew that for a few years until I had a, my co-packer that makes the product for me decided to uh, cut a corner and make a change an ingredient. And when you're dealing with a, a product like that, our product had chicken in it, is uh, USDA controls that. An inspector found an ingredient that wasn't listed on the tub, and it forced me to do a, a recall of uh, about 20,000 pounds of product. Um, So when you recall a product like that, it's kind of hard to... to get it back on the shelf uh, right. that fast in a place like Publix is they there's it's the next guy in line type deal. Right. right. So uh, while they were willing to work with us a little bit, it, it takes a while. I, I just didn't feel like I could trust this guy again. And by the time you find another one, get him approved by the USDA, they just weren't willing to keep the product on the shelf. Um, so I did that for a few years in between the golf and the cigar thing. Great experience. I learned a lot from it. Um, I took a product that you know was making at home and got it into you know over 6,000 locations across the country Um, we were in Costco we were in every Publix we were in Costco's in the southeast Walmart neighborhood markets a lot of the big big companies Um, what was it it was called it was Buffalo chicken dip Buffalo chicken dip so it was everything you get in a chicken wing but on a chip we were the first ones to bring it to market Uh, Publix actually knocked it off shortly after they came out with their own in the deli and everybody was like I can't believe that to me that was a compliment that was really like hey they've done something I mean I went as far as I had negotiations with uh, a company called Reckitt Benkheiser which actually owns Frank's we're all familiar with Frank's Mm -hmm. hot sauce that was one of the ingredients I I used put that shit on everything um, I put it on my eggs this morning, actually. Um, but they, uh, I was going to use them as kind of like a, you know, you see a made with right, sweet yeah. baby rays and things like that. Right. I had, I mean, I negotiated a deal where we were buying it by 55-gallon drums. And, you know, I saw all aspects of that side of it. But as, as, that was fun. And it was very rewarding as far as getting a new account. 
But as a salesman at heart, it's uh, it's tough because you're only selling for like a three-week period out of the year. They review that category for three weeks. It's not like, hey, I got a new product. Right. Okay, I'm going to see that type of product in March. Well, it's November. What am I going to So you had a three-week window that you saw all these guys and you had a chance to pitch your product. So after that, it was scheduling trucks and doing this. And so, so the reward for me is, you know, being out there um, and interacting with, right. with the, not only with the retailer, the, the partner, but the consumer. And that just we, – we did a few tastings here and there and did like the state fair to get the brand out there and things like that. But, you know, actual selling part of it was very minimal. You sold it in and when – that's all automated. Right. They know that they yeah. the Deltona store is down to one. Okay, ship them a case. It's you know they don't. No one goes in and counts inventory at those places. It's all. Right. And now robots even pick the order and put it on a pallet and ship it out to the store. So no shit. Um, it's very yeah. Publix's new warehouse, uh, the one in Lakeland, is all completely done by robots, um, similar to some of the Amazon stuff. So Skynet. Um, Skynet. Skynet with food. Definitely Skynet. Yep. So it's gonna be great experience, but that that's that's the ex- really the extent golf and then uh, the uh, your microphone's tipping over the sales uh, the sales oh. side of it. Uh, um, but I again I was a PJ professional is how I really got into the business. Um, had a huge junior program, had a couple of kids go on to play at the collegiate level um, that were in my junior program that you know eventually you know grew up obviously, um, and that was a lot of fun. But uh, Florida brought me to Florida, obviously, because of golf being all year right. round. So that's that was my, my move to Florida. There. Yep, yeah. yep. Hard and that was, like I said, snow. 15, 16 years ago now. You can't play in the snow? It's hard to play golf in the snow. Mm. You lose the ball. It's hard for me to play golf, period. Yeah, I, I'm not good <laughs> at it either. All right, so I want to get to the, the elephant in the room question. The uh, Obviously, there why, was... Why do you hate cigars, David? <laughs> there was some news... <laughs> Regarding um, Altria, which is the the big corporation for Nat Sherman, right? Yeah, it's our parent company. And um, they, you know, in a nutshell, they kind of said that they're pro-regulation of FDA, and there has been a tremendous kind of back and forth with people and their perspective on things. I just wanted to know if you wanted to say anything about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. I I think that, uh, you know, we came out. Um, there was an open period, open comment period, so to speak, where you could submit comment on uh, before the deeming regulations were to take effect or whatever they were going to do. And Altria's stance is that uh, if there's going to be regulation on premium cigars, they feel that it should follow XYZ. And that's essentially what we said in the article. Um, there was – and it's and it's old news, so to speak. This is the same stance they've had it. To, a, to an extent. The stance actually softened. Um, originally, it wasn't nearly, uh, it wasn't what it what it came out to be recently. But basically, what we're saying is if you're going to carve out this category and if there's going to be regulations, we feel that premium cigars are different. And this is how we feel they're different. So they are not looped into, you know, cigarettes and vape. They need to be carved out. Um, I think the feedback or the, you know, there's been, there was blowback for sure. Um, some retailers are like, hey, we've reached a point where this has been going on now for three years. Something's bound to happen. And you called out the turd the punch bowl, so to speak. There's other people who were, were very much, you know, hey, you're pro-regulation. And, and while that is how the article reads, I will, I will tell you that. The Cigar Aficionado article reads, you know, America's largest tobacco company is pro-regulation. What that doesn't read is that we actually, you know, they didn't allow us to 
give our nine-page supplement, which you can find everywhere, um, basically says that um, if there is going to be regulations, here's how we think it should happen, and that we um, <clears throat> we do support the Cole Bishop Act, and that's my biggest soapbox in this whole deal. That is the act that is on Congress's floor right now that is pro-exemption. So we're not totally exempt against exemption. We support this bill. We put money into it. It's right. public record. Uh, but if there's going to be regulation, this is how we think it should happen. And no one has set up and said, "Here's here, you know, this is how we think it should happen. Because if you let them, in my eyes, if you let them do it how they want to right now, it reads much more like a cigarette regulation right. than anything. And a premium cigar is different right so the letter basically states you know and and the ipcpr letter i think calls it out great and and the letter from michael herklotz the vp of cigars calls it out basically saying that there are some things that we think need to be in there and that's you know the weight of a cigar Uh, what's a what defines a premium cigar Uh, single leaf wrapper single leaf binder x amount of cigars per thousand you know per weight you know six pounds per thousand things like that to try to eliminate some of the loopholes that like some of the stuff like Dijarm and some of that had years ago when the cigarette exemption came out. So there was blowback, without a doubt. Um, I think that it, uh, you know, this obviously will you know bring it up to a few people again, but I think in the end when people read that, they understand what we were trying to say. Um, the CA piece, personal opinion, looks like a hit piece. Um, it just comes out with that title, and we were the one yeah, of forty four hundred. Uh, German hate cigars. One of forty four hundred comments that they uh, decided to talk about. So, um, bad press is good press. It was uh, it was a fun few days of uh, taking some phone calls, a, a chance to talk to retail partners. Um, I you know after the first two or three days of phone calls and people starting to understand what we were trying to say, the phone calls turned to. Hey, this is all great with uh, all this press and this and that, but uh, where is my IPCPR order? Like, I need product. Right. So, th- in that regard, um, it's business as usual. Um, I've had a chance to do some, uh, I don't want to call them roundtables or town halls, but co- come to a couple of the FCC events uh, last night, and uh, it, it, the pro- it doesn't even come up. Right. So, um, I don't know how much the consumer really knows about it. Um, the industry knows about it, but. Uh, it's business as usual for us. Um, we the timing was was uh, was awful. I will tell you that. With we had a tremendous trade show with a complete rebrand of our families, um, and uh, some new packaging, some new looks that is starting to hit the shelf now. So you came out of there, you know, a million miles and running, and you had to you know hit the brakes for a couple right. of days. But uh, you know, in the end, again, we support regular. You know, you know, we support an exemption with the Cole Bishop Act. If that's not going to happen, here's how we think it should, you know, it should happen. Right. So, um, but it's it's been fairly positive in the end. I think a lot of people had the knee jerk reaction of they took one headline and a story and didn't really see, didn't read the whole thing, didn't read the whole thing. Right. And nobody reads the whole thing. No, nobody does. That's no. why they invented headlines. I've never ever read the entire article on a single half wheel. I just go right down to the review little square. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it. I don't want to hear about fucking. Frozen butter stick flavor profiles. <laughs> give a shit. Fall berries. <laughs> and I can tell you right now, at this point, by reading that little box review, I can tell you who did the entire thing. <laughs> Looking at the score and exactly what they wrote. But if they have burn issues or if it's flaky or anything like that, it's instantly Charlie Monop. Charlie Monop. Without question. Um, and he wrote an article, too. You know, he came back. Charlie did. 
uh, a response to it. Um, kind of saying what we said. This this is this stance hasn't changed. It's the same stance they had in 2014. Um, but his to his uh, to our benefit, he did say that it has it the, the change has softened. Um, so. Yeah, but that's you know second page news, right? It doesn't hit as well as as the first one. Absolutely not, and then you know absolutely not. I mean, it, for CA it was a million click throughs for sure. Phone started blowing up instantly. So just for the listeners, because you keep saying CA, what is CA? Exactly? I'm sorry, Cigar Aficionado. Okay. Do you guys advertise with Cigar Aficionado? We do. We do. Do you think evidently that, not enough? <laughs> do you think that would change moving forward with the way that they uh, handle the situation? Uh, as far as I know, no. We are we are still committed to to do that through the year. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we review it every year, but I know um, the marketing plan for the year has not changed. We'll continue to advertise, um, and that's a benefit to our retail partners. We want to drive people into the doors to have them asking for you know Nat Sherman, Metropolitan, Timeless, whatever it may be. Um, so, and again, there's other avenues to do that, but they are. They are the Cadillac in this industry, if you will. Right, but that's kind of like a, I mean, a unique standpoint. Don't turn away from them. A unique standpoint where, you know, these guys focus on reviews and kind of, you know, promote. And their main source is obviously through advertising, right? And that's how they kind of make money. But then to, even if the content in the article was not as blatant as the title the title still remained of you know nat sherman hates cigars right i mean basically that's what it said yeah i don't understand how you could do that and still take that check every month right does that it just doesn't work I mean, like, like, there's so many rumors going around that you know you could buy your review with that company. Well, I mean, that's obvious. So, but so, but maybe they're trying to show their um, like editorial. But that's kind of like blackmail. Like, I'll tell you what we can do. We're gonna fuck up your brand. You know, like, that's definitely illegal. Well, (laughs) well, no, no, no. They didn't fuck up the brand to get the money, but they were showing their editorial power, (laughs) prowess, or whatever you want to say by writing an article against a uh, large advertiser. Do you read CA? No, I don't read it at all. I look no. at the pictures. Do you look at it, CA at all? No. no. no I look at the pictures. I don't know. Uh, I'll, I'll glance through it. You know, I, I read more of the online stuff than I do the actual magazine. I'll, yeah, I when I know we're having it. an ad, so to speak, I'll check it and see, hey, are we in the first third, the second third, right. are we on the last page of the ad type right. deal, and, or see what we're next to, just to kind of see you know, what type of placement you know you get. Um, so... And then that, that's been that, that, that I've heard that from a few people who remain nameless, but it said that you know that that CA did you guys wrong, but they're in the business to sell magazines, magazines right. and sell clicks and yeah. But I think at this point, not too many of the industry guys, at least the guys that are more involved, really look at CA for anything, with the exception of the top twenty-five at the end of the year, right? Right. Which is complete bullshit too, but that's neither here nor there. Um. I mean, I could say that I check Half Wheel all the time, right? Just and that's where I go if I want to know something. I mean, if I'm be- looking for something. Because their website's so friendly to use. Right. It's so easy to find And stuff. even though their reviews are completely fucked, um, they're them. still bar none when it comes to information in this industry, you know? And we started, we began advertising with them last year, and we'll continue. Obviously, we, we were on a lot of the banners there and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. you, you have to... You have to be able to try to, to drive in the door, and as well, I don't think a lot of the people in the industry, like you said, 
because some guys are like, well, I saw it online. I mean, some guys uh, take them out, they mail them, they take them out, they set them on the counter, and if they sell some, they sell some. At the end of the, when they're not sold, they put them out for distribution at the table or take them home. Right, so, right. Um, we don't carry them at all. No, it's not if it comes here, I think. Um, if they give them to us. Yeah, yeah. I just like the pictures. I look in the back to see who I know at the different events. <laughs> oh, I saw that guy. I'm like, oh, I know him. Oh, look, there's another guy. But you would never go to a magazine for a review. Uh, no, I do look at the scores if I know the person who's associated with the cigar. But yeah, you want to see, yeah, what, what, yeah, they see, rated, see what they rated. But you're never you're never gonna look. I don't through. base my purchases on their ratings. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's something like eighty cigars they rate every month too. I mean, there's a lot of right. There's a lot of cigars, but a lot of you know a lot of people use it. That's that's a big piece that people will take in the industry and say, "Hey, this was rated this. This was rated right, this. Yeah. This was top." A lot of people use that in their marketing. When I say a lot of people, a lot well, of they do. Man- guys manufacturers. Come here all the time to go. I got a eighty-four in cigars now, or I got a ninety-two in cigars. Ninety-two sounds better, right? I'm really worried about your eighty-four. Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't. Know. That I, still happens. Uh, not as much as it used to. I don't listen to people then. I mean, you don't listen to people when they come in here. Anyway. I don't. I, I've never seen that. I mean, maybe in the past. I, when it comes to half wheel, I've seen people do it. Hmm. I got an 88 on half wheel. That's like a fucking hundred. <laughs> <laughs> you know? And it tastes like Captain Crunch cereal. Yeah, it tastes, you know, the reviews say it tastes like dog shit, but it got an 88. So, like, you know, I actually said this to a friend of mine, that if you min- if you just add a minimum of plus seven... That gives you like a realistic gauge for your rating. So if Monado gives it an 88, you add 7. You got a 95. You're crushing (laughs) it. You know? So, all right. You want to get to the questions? Questions. We have questions. We have questions? Now, you never, yeah, so that means you never listen to the podcast. I have. have I've texted both of you. I've listened to the podcast. Actually, you know what? We're doing quite well. In the last two days, it's been like 127 people. Yes. In the last one. We can't say. We're trending up. We can no longer say that we have 10 listeners. That's right. I've listened to two. Djibouti has dropped off. Djibouti's gone. Djibouti's gone. But but Switzerland's up, yeah? Sweden's like our number three country now. Crushing it. We have five questions we asked. Five. I thought it was three questions. Wait, so wait, wait, what's, wait before hold on. What are the two? <laughs> what are the two, two that you've listened to? McKinney's and Patty and Mario's. And who's oh, Patty and Mario from? Cigar oh Life. yeah, that was a good one too. The I may have one, caught a half of another one in the one car. Show I can't on remember. Spotify right now. Patty and Mario's. Cigar really? Life. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. Get ready. Here's a question. What one person living here? I should just record. You know what's even funnier about this shit is that even if you listened every single time and you had the questions, you still might not have an answer. It's like fuck. I didn't think that I'd be on. You know. We'll throw the spot. questions at each other, and we've done this 30-something <laughs> oh times oh, That's now. a We're great like, question. I have no idea. Right. All right. Well, one person, living or dead, would you like to share a cigar with? Living or dead. Living or dead. Charles Barkley. I could get Drew State Turnbull over here for you and get Big <laughs> Willie and you know, but you'd be fine. So why Charles Barkley? I just, I, I love his rhetoric. Um, I know it would be on a golf course. Golf's, you know, you know one of my passions. Um... And I, 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 he's a big cigar guy. You know, I see him out there smoking them all the time. So I just think uh, I think it would be like you know three great worlds collide. Nice, oh, very nice. Uh, uh, best piece of advice anyone ever gave you? Best piece of advice anyone ever gave me. Um, I'm gonna go with something that I there's a a quote, if you will. Uh, Jerry Rice uh, always said, "No matter how hard you're working, somebody's working harder than you." Right. So I've always taken that one, um, and then I've always gone by the 
um, you know, a, a, as an outside sales rep, I still think you're you're sort of an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the way I look at it is I'm the president and CEO of this territory. I don't fly everything up the flagpole. I make decisions and I go with it. Um, with my gut, I've been doing it for a while, sales period. Um, and I always went with, <clears throat> you know, do today what you know no, you're willing. No one's willing to do today to gain what you're going to gain tomorrow. Um, so I, I've always gone. I've always gone with those two type things. Well, it must work for you if you're going on three years now. <laughs> All right, what's your favorite cigar? Padron 50th Maduro. Nice. 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 So, um, we, when did you uh, decide, like, when was the first time you had that? Not until I was actually in the industry. No shit. Don Patel gave me the first one. Oh, oh. Don Patel, you motherfucker. <laughs> Cigars on the Ave in Winter Park. Winter Park. That guy is, he's a legend. He's a trip, man. I love that dude. Yep. All right, next question. What fictional character would you like to share a cigar with? Book, movie, TV, cartoon. Oh, man. We've had uh, characters off of uh, restaurant signs. and A fictional character. Mm Mm-hmm. Dun, dun, but I didn't dun, know this one. Dun, dun. This is one of the That's new right. ones. Dead air. Dead air. Dead yeah, air. dead air is terrible. Dead is air. dead air a character? Right. <laughs> it would be on this show. Um, a fictional character. Yes. Let's go with. Uh, let's go with um, Kevin Costner's character in. Why can't I think of my golf movie? Tin oh, Cup? Tin Cup. Tin Cup. Roy McElvoy. Let's do some tequila and try to tour, tee it up in a tour event the next day. Nice. Very good. All right, then the so, last... Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. So everything's pretty much golf-oriented. It is. Uh, golf, cigars, golf cocktails. The golf guy. All right, the last question is just how do people get a hold of you? Social media, email, phone number, whatever, your personal address. Uh, it's, it's <laughs> you give Zach's address. He's down the street. Yeah, Zach lives right around the corner. Um, it's uh, just David A. Mealy on uh, Instagram. Um, I think Twitter is D. Mealy and David Mealy on Facebook. All right, cool. that's, that's it. all my questions. Yep. Well, you know, we appreciate you coming on. I know that you got here obviously before me today, and you were out there for a few hours, and then you still came out here and, and did the podcast with us. So I truly appreciate. No, I appreciate that, you man. having me, man. You know, and um, thank you for all the uh, information and the, the the poop as it was straight from the source. The poop, the poop. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I guess that concludes this podcast. Yes. All right. Uh, thanks again, this David. Is yep. The thank you. Bye. To collect all from Emory To accept the charges, press one now. That's it, folks. Show's over. If you have any questions or suggestions for guests, leave them on our Facebook page, The Cigar Hustlers Podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram at Cigar Hustlers Podcast, Mikey at Cigar Hustler, and you can follow me at Florida Cigar Club underscore Mike. Please rate, review, and subscribe on whichever of our providers you use. I said, I'm
Cause it's a project, an experiment, wearing it, only it's objects, an object for us to explore.